Welcome to the Bulldog Butler Podcast. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Bulldog Butler Podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved. The Bulldog Butler does not verify for accuracy any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. This podcast series does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Please consult your veterinarian before making any changes in diet or well care practices. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only. Advertising, which is incorporated into, placed in association with, or targeted towards the content of this podcast without the expressed approval and knowledge of the Bulldog Butler or Bull Lobster site is forbidden. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast. The developers of the Bulldog Butler podcast site assume no liability for any activities in conjunction with this podcast or for the use of this podcast in conjunction with any other website, computer, or playing device. This is the Bulldog Butler. Today I'm talking Bulldog Rescue with two of the best people to interview. First one is Debbie Viney. She has been with over 10 years with Mid-Atlantic Bulldog Rescue. She's going to talk to you or us about every aspect. How you can volunteer, where to volunteer, what you can do to help in your own area and find a rescue in your own town. The second is with Lorette. Uh, Lorette has, is the director of Long Island Bulldog Rescue. Lorette has over 21 years of rescue experience and in addition 10 years before that of bulldog experience. She is one of the people to go to on any question. She's going to talk about everything including the new rare colors that have popped up and how they're infiltrating rescue and causing many, many, many problems. So please listen to both. Stay tuned. All their contact information will be on the blog spot and enjoy. Uh, today, I want to welcome Debbie Viney with Mid-Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic Bulldog Rescue. Hi, Debbie. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. I uh, want to talk to first. I mean, we've done this before. We've known each other for quite a few years, but I don't think a lot of people out there know where to find a good rescue, what is a good rescue, um, and how they could possibly help with a good rescue. So let's start it off. Where would you say most of the Bulldogs come from that come into rescue? with Mid-Atlantic? They come from a variety of places. A lot of times it could be a change in life situation, a divorce, a loss of job, a financial situation. Um, they can come from shelters as well. Um, they, they come in for a variety of different reasons. Most of them are privately surrendered to us. There are a couple that come in through shelters, but a lot of time they are loved dogs, but the, it, the situation's beyond the owner's control and they come into us. Okay, that makes good sense, because that means you're gonna get basically a, a, a dog that has probably come from a very nice home, or yes. our environment. It's not something that's been raised in a cage in like a puppy farm, but right. those do happen on occasion, yes. as, we, mm -hmm. as we know, because one's going through some hard times right now with surgeries, and it's being covered. So um, those, do, those do happen. Right, absolutely. Um, where would you actually find, I mean, I know where you all are and also, uh, you with Mid-Atlantic Bulldog Rescue. And we talk also in this uh, podcast with, uh, Lorette, mm -hmm. Lorette Richmond, and she is with Long Island Bulldog Rescue and she'll be coming in and out, um, with different topics. But where would you say is the best place to find in their area, a legitimate Bulldog Rescue? 
The best place to start would be to look on the Bulldog Club of America website. Um, they have a Bulldog Rescue Network. We get a lot of people who want to get involved with us and they're maybe they're out of our area. Like for example, Mid-Atlantic Bulldog Rescue most mostly serves the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. We overlap a little with Long Island, but we mainly focus on New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Um, but then we will get people who find us on social media and they want to be a part, but maybe they live down in Arkansas. So, um, you know, we tell people legitimate rescues the Bulldog Club of America recognizes um, and they have by state. So you can find um, people on there by state. I would reach out to them. Um, it's, actually, it's actually Beekhorn, right? Beekhorn, yes, Beekhorn. Yes. Bulldog Club of America, uh, what is it? Rescue Network. Rescue That's Network. What it's yeah. mm -hmm. And you can go on there and find things. And you know, I would say they're probably your number one place to start because uh, just like Yelp and everything else, they're as good as the input that's going in. So somebody may just be deleting all the bad references to somebody <laughs> having a bad rescue True. or, or and, uh, just putting all their own information in. So I would say try with Beekhorn first. And if right. you don't, if you could, you may want to shoot a letter off to like actually Long Island Bulldog Rescue. You may want to shoot one off to um, even yourself not yourself, yes, but the rescue and say, do you know somebody in my area? Do you recommend somebody in my area? Have you heard of my area? Or is there something I can do to an area that's closer by that would still be involved with you all? But yes, somebody, and, don't for, yeah, and don't forget to be persistent as well. Remember, all these rescuers are all volunteer. This is a labor of love that people fit in between their families, their own pets, their kids, their work. So oh, yeah. sometimes this you might not, not get a response right away. A so don't be afraid to be tenacious about it. As Lorette has said uh, when last time we talked, you know, this is not a good business plan to have a company. You know, you right. don't put out like, you know, $10,000 and hope to get like, you know, $200 back in a uh, donation for that dog. Correct. Yeah, that's not yeah. the best business plan. <laughs> it's done out of love. And that's all you got to say. There are, when I keep on saying legitimate rescues, please, please, please support those as opposed to what people call uh, basically in the rescue business and without it, flippers. People that just <laughs> get dogs from the lower, lower, lower South Florida, even some tropical areas. And um, these dogs are basically raised in pens, everything else, and they bring them up for free. Sometimes these dogs are stolen. I hate to say it, but it has happened. And I know some of them that are out there um and then they're just brought in maybe they're given a bath and then they're huge 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 adoption fee and then when you get this dog hmm, got issues that dog has not been socialized that dog is not in a house had been raised in a house it's been raised in a whatever you want to call it and it's all about just getting the cash right and i know one i'm not gonna say the name because she's tried to trap me before just because she likes to sue people for <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> for telling how bad she is anyway so after that's done um what would somebody do if actually they are in this area and they are um in the pennsylvania new jersey border upstate new york you know just over the line type thing not going out to long island because there's still new york over there or even the connecticut they're in there and they say you know what i want to work with you all what would you suggest or where would they fit in I would say the best part is if you want to volunteer, 
think about your strengths. Think about even what you do in your day job that you're good at. Rescue is a good vehicle to utilize those skills and we can fit you in in a variety of places. For example, of course we need fosters. Of course we need people um, you know, to help us get dogs from A to B. But there's other ways you can help. There's ways you can help without even getting off your couch or bringing a pet into your house. For example, if you're good at marketing and maybe that's something you do in your day job, you can help us. You can help us get the word out. Maybe there's an avenue we haven't thought about. Um, if you're a creative person, if you wanna help us with design, some things that we can use on promotional materials, things, designs that we can use on t-shirts. Um, those are some different ways um, to get involved. If you have good people skills, you can help us interview adopters. Um, if you're tech savvy, helping us um, update our database, um, keep our website current, utilize social media. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can get involved. And if you can't think of anything, one of us will chat with you and we'll find a place for you to fit in. Good, good, good. That is a that's a wide list. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you asked me to bring it up because that's a lot more things than I thought of. Yeah, actually, to use what you currently are doing and see where that would fit in. Even, for example, like just sitting home and being, making a list of all the pet companies out there. When we do events, right, we right. need somebody to reach out to these pet companies and say, hey, we're having a big event and we expect 500 people. Would you mind sending us an item for a raffle? Things like that. There's a lot of things you can do without ever getting off your couch. <laughs> well, like and, I said, no one gets hired these days and it hasn't been that way for a long time. Unless you know somebody, you can have the best resume in the world, but you know, you never yeah. know who you know until you actually reach out and see. You know, exactly, hey, exactly. And they work for X company that does something with dogs. Oh, okay, maybe they'd be interested. Maybe they would. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Grant writing is another huge uh, opportunity for us. So we'll find somewhere to utilize your strengths for sure. I never thought of the grant writing bit because I used to do. Um, IT recruiting. Uh, you set up a company for that, and I had don't know where they are today, but I could probably find them again. I had technical writers, and they were ah, very okay. good at writing proposals and things of that sort. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got to go back through the Rolodex and look for these people and see where they are today because that's something they can do. That's mm -hmm, a good absolutely. Strength. Okay, so you've been a long time volunteer with MBR. What, and also a foster parent, what did that involve exactly? For me, fostering was, um, I would take on the pet, bring it into my home, um, socialize the pet, you know, with my own. Um, I'd be taking the pet back and forth to vet appointments, getting the pet, you know, healthy and sound, ready for adoption. Um, and then once that pet was ready to be adopted, I would be the advocate for that pet. I'd start going through applications. We always encourage people to apply, even if you don't see your dream bulldog on the website yet, because oh, yeah. the, first, the first place I'm thinking of before I can post the cutest picture and get a hundred people interested in this dog, but they might not all be right. So I prefer to go before I get people's hopes up and get them excited because it's easy to fall for a picture. I'll go through their app. I'll go through the applications and see who I think is a good fit. We're always looking to adopt the best home for that dog in the area versus, you know, first come, first serve. We're not desperate. We're not, 
um, like a high volume kill shelter. We, these dogs are with us until we find the right place for them to go. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've had several fosters. I've, most of them, for me, the average turnaround time was pretty quick. Um, I, uh, two of them had to have cherry, cherry eye surgery. So they stayed with me until their eyes were healed and they, they went through the surgery. And then I went through the applications, found someone that I thought was a good fit, visited them, um, and then placed them in their home. And now, you know, we have an extended network of friends and family of adopters. But just what you <laughs> said, almost like a network and see, where's the best place? Where's the best place for this dog? Try to grow them up in the same area, same way as like, if there's a dog that actually came out of the city and mm -hmm. you can look for somebody else in the city. If the dog is used to the city, that's great because a lot of people do want them. They think, oh, they're only going to go to that picket fence, you know, yeah. uh, perfect environment. No, they're going to go with what is probably the most comfortable for the dog. And right. You're basically going through all this as a matchmaker skill. And my biggest pet peeve is because I've, um, Kathy, your director, mm -hmm. I usually just call them the director. She let me on the site once before to like look for people, you know, for a couple of dogs a couple of years ago. And I was like going through it, going through it, going through it. I'm like, you know what? The worst thing is people don't update. Because after calling a couple of people, oh, yeah, we found a dog and didn't take their thing off. Or, oh, we moved. Oh, that's right. Oh, now I've got a baby. Now I've got this. And the applications weren't updated. So, update as quick as you possibly can when you, if your lifestyle changes, like you've moved or <laughs> gotten married or you've gotten two other dogs, whatever, you know, just right. so we know and we go on to right. the next person or whatever else. That's the best thing because so many of them were just completely outdated. Right. And think it through as well, because we get a lot of impulse people who apply late at night. Maybe they had a <laughs> glass of wine and they fell in love with the picture. And then three days later, I'll give them a call back and they've changed their minds. <laughs> they've gotten another puppy. So, you know, kind of think through before you do go through the application because a volunteer is going to be taking the time to reach right. out to you. And let's go through the one thing that everyone always asks me like, oh, you know, we'll take that dog because I've posted many, many, many dogs. Usually they need a surgery or just like say some help to, for them or some prayers or, you know, foster or just sponsor things mm -hmm. of that sort. But everyone's like, oh, I'll take that dog. And I'm like, you live in Timbuktu. Not, not that Timbuktu is so far away, but let's just say, you know, right. we're here in New Jersey and they're like saying, oh, okay, you know, I'm down here in Kentucky. The reason that Mid-Atlantic Bulldog and most and the Long Island does the same thing, except they have a much wider range and much more states, is that only adopt a dog in an area where we know we have a foster, someone like you. Mm -hmm. Because if it doesn't work out, and there's many site visits and everything else you have to make to that house. And if it doesn't work out for some reason, as, as fast as you wanted that dog in the house, if something's not working out, you want it out just as quick. And we've got to scramble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so exactly. You got to know that like, Debbie, okay, you're somebody that can go and grab a dog, you know, that because this dog was placed, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles from you type thing, close enough that you can go get it in, in that, in that, and as opposed to, oh, it's down in Kentucky and we transported the dog. You don't right. see how the dog is going to be in that house with those people. And you certainly can't like say a moment's notice, let me go pick up that dog. It's not going to happen. So Exactly. And if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, usually people want you to come now. Oh, yeah. It, 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 you know, 
they want that dog because well we have the instant you know gratification obviously instagram because people couldn't actually you know use words and read something and just look at the pictures and uh kind of the way it all is that's where our society is which is fine but Mm -hmm. give us a chance to like come get the dog because we've got to be somewhere around it someone's got to be there now right lorette she does parts of canada she does up everything basically up from here yes yes on, on the on the eastern on the eastern seaboard and goes to many many states because she has people there that can run right in, you know but you don't and that's the thing he goes oh i'll take it i'm like i'm not going to adopt the dog out it's not me you're not going to adopt the dog out that they can't go and check on your house they can't go and check that you don't have you know a freaking petting zoo in your yard or whatever else it's like you know, just just don't come up to an event and go yeah i'll take this dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, we do, I want to say we do work, rescue sometimes will partner with each other as well. If we do have a good home and it's a little further, it's, it's like within our network and maybe it overlaps, right. um, we might ask Lorette if she can do the home check or vice versa, um, you know, just to help each other out too. But yeah, you don't want, th- sometimes the things don't work out just because maybe the person's situation changes after they adopt. You know, we can't foresee a job oh, yeah. change or anything like that. And I know people do get carried away with the animal planet stories of some, a dog took a plane from California to the South and now it lives in a great home. I hope for that for everybody, but you know, if it doesn't work out, we want it to be easy on everyone. The people giving up the dog, someone taking the dog back in, the dog itself so yeah we we have to keep it manageable for sure well that's what we see uh twice a year it didn't happen this year because of covid yay mm. uh, that was very sarcastic yay yes but <laughs> but there was bully bash and bully palooza which you have a fundraiser uh it's actually it's twice a year typically march mm-hmm. and october and only the cooler months it never happens in the summer you know because bulldogs Correct. are gonna like that there's pools there they all get together. Y'all can go down to, you know, it's usually down at the beach on the eastern seaboard. But you get to see all these adoptive parents and their pups that have all become part of their family. And then they get to come and show them off, which is just great. And, and be with all the other pups that have found the same. They've all found right. their wonderful home. Plus other ones just like the rest of us, like, we want to come because we love seeing it. And I believe, one, I think you were there. It was the one of the last ones that uh, well we didn't have we didn't have what we didn't have March this year and we're not going to have our end October correct? Uh, October is up in the air. Odds are if if everything kind of stays in this phase, it would have to be limited amount of people if right. we do it. Well, yeah. I, think, I think you were probably at the one of the last ones that I was at with my dog there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was the one that there was 400 dogs that was huge it was like we yeah this, and that was yeah that was an unbelievable event <laughs> there, there was like there was like a line waiting to get in and you know there's just it went on forever i'm like oh my god and it wasn't enough space it's like you know if they could just take the space to usually have it and like make it double that it'd be great but it's a lot of dogs but it's always fun and that's somewhere else uh some mm-hmm. of people can solicit find things find things for auction find things you know for sailing just to make funds uh for all those events the bully palooza and also 
the bully bash. Right. Um, what else? Right. Right. Yes, yeah. we do. We have to look at it at the as the big picture at that oh, point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm babysitting a dog right now that I know, and they went and paid a fortune for. He's a tricolor, and it's one of my new top peeves. Is that uh, I can let Lorette talk about that one. She has no qualms, but you know they were bred basically just for color. But when you breed for them, you're not crossing them with another dog. You're actually just eliminate genes. It's on the gene cycle. Uh, Correct. Yeah, you know, and uh, he has to have heart surgery. But it's right now. Hmm, how it's going to happen? I mean, the dog was ten grand. Cute as a Dickens, mm -hmm. but I'm watching him now. I'm taking him out uh, because they are first responders, and I'm mm -hmm. taking him out with one other dog different times because it's the only time he'd get out. But in this summer heat, I can't be in the sun. Let's <laughs> be right. all in the shade in New York City and tons of water. We didn't get it to flood him down and else, and then right back inside, and I play with him inside for exercise because he is a heart patient. And all this, he's got. Uh, and you've already, and Lorette already has two dogs that have the same thing. She's got two tricolors. They both need the same type of surgery, and it could wipe out a rescue. Exactly. Now you got and these rare colors or fad colors, as they're known, you don't want a dog because it's it's the color on Instagram right now. It's rare. It's unique. It's not a Louis Vuitton bag. It's not an accessory. It's something that you want to have around for a very, very long time. So, and it's a living creature, and you're messing. It's a living creature. So, yeah, you want to. There's a reason why there's a breed standard and a classic bulldog look, and that's part of it <laughs> for sure. But this one isn't in my life right now. I'm going to do as much as I can for him. But, uh, uh, what would you say right now what would be the best way or who would be the best person to get a hold of if they want to do something in the volunteer area? They should probably, they can reach out through our Facebook page. They can um, reach out through our website. I'll get the email. I basically uh, volunteer um, with the, I'm basically like a volunteer director for the volunteers. I try to match make them with someone who's in the area that they can um you know kind of talk to we we even take the same care with our volunteers that we do with the dogs like we will have someone in the area kind of meet with them um see what's going on um and kind of partner with them for my pa volunteers out in pennsylvania um i have like one or two girls because Pennsylvania is a big state if you're from New Jersey and you're not familiar with it. So I'll have some of the girls out there kind of help them, talk to them, talk them through things. Um, Post-COVID, let's be on the positive front, um, it's always a good idea to go to events. That's how I found the rescue. Um, I actually went to a dog show and I met someone who was volunteering and I asked them about it and how I could get involved. I had just gotten a bulldog and I wanted to absorb as much as I could. And um, they put me to work selling t-shirts. And then, and here I am <laughs> over 10 years later doing. That'd be Roxy, um, right? Uh, actually, my first bulldog was a dwarf named Knuckles. Okay. That someone else had, someone had um, a lifestyle change and they gave him away. And th that was my, my first bulldog and my first mid-Atlantic bulldog was Roxy. Actually, no, Diamond. Diamond was my first Mid-Atlantic Bulldog. Okay. I don't remember Diamond, I, but I have a picture right now that I'm looking at of you and Roxy. So. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. All right. What else, Debbie? I think that 
that's it. I think we covered, I think we covered like a very rough estimate. We, I, I think we got everything. Okay. I think so too. And I can uh, have Lorette fill in some pieces, you know, here, there, or her take on some things and we can mesh it all together, get it out there and all your information. Uh, and also it will be on the blog, which is the blog, which tells all about everything that we're doing here today and what we're talking about. So it'll have okay. um, hyperlinks to the emails and also to Middleland's website and also to their volunteer page and also to the application page. Perfect. Application, okay. application and the donate page. I think those are probably the big ones there. So definitely good to go. I think all we're right. done. Thank all you right. so much, Thank Debbie. You. You're all welcome. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. They could also, if say someone in your area, once again, or someone in somebody <laughs> else's area, if they wanted to shadow them, that would be a great way to get your hands before you fully jump in. Like, you know what? I've got to take this dog for a cherry eye surgery or whatever else it is at the vet. And you come along with me and see how I handle oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I have to do and everything else and see if this is something for you or what else would be a better situation time-wise, you know, before oh, you say, absolutely. oh yeah, I'll take a dog in my house. Mm, you know, I would say shadow somebody that's actually doing the work right now. I think that's probably one of the better ways to do it. And when yeah. you said about what you can do, you had to be responsible money-wise. Yes, there's going to be a lot of senior dogs that things can't be done, but a good home can be found, you know. Right. And, oh, absolutely. Okay, we're not going to put a bulldog under, you know, and some kind of stress and the dog is, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. Medically, you know, going to have a good life with whoever ends up with this dog, but you're not going to put them through extremes for surgery. Right. Like Thank you for listening. Please send questions, comments, or future podcast ideas to us via email at bullobster at gmail.com or via Twitter at bulldog under slash butler or follow us on Facebook at Oliver the Bulldog. Thanks again and have a great day.